Hello, everyone. This is Mike Linstead, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to another episode of our weekly snippet of encouragement here at the Nehemiah Project podcast. I'm here with Pastor Chad Wiles. Chad, how you doing? Good, man. Good. Hopefully, uh, everything we've been doing so far has been encouraging, encouraging yeah. people to walk with God and, and just uplifting their day, um, setting their mind on the truth. And so I know it's encouraging for us when we do this to walk through Proverbs. It's been Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, these are short form podcasts that we've, start, that we've just started putting out. Mm-hmm. We're going to be walking through the book of Proverbs. And the reason why we're doing a Bible study is because we believe that the more clearly and accurately we can see God for who he has described himself to be in the Bible, the more we're going to be encouraged because mm-hmm. God gives us the ultimate hope. He literally is our hope in everything. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we would just do well to know what he wants for us, how he wants us to live our lives, and we would do well to implement yeah. that. And so that's why um, we're going through the book of Proverbs to start, but we're going to be walking through other books of the Bible as well and be looking at other mm-hmm. verses or topics or portions of Scripture so we can draw encouragement. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 6, um, we're going to see the adulterous woman again pop up. And if you guys have been listening to these weekly snippets of encouragement, you've seen that there's two women that uh, show up all throughout the book of Proverbs. The first woman is wisdom, and that is just the wisdom of God personified as a woman. And the second woman that's found throughout the book of Proverbs is the adulterous woman. And she is basically evil personified. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to see a little bit more of who this adulterous woman is. But first, in Proverbs chapter 6, we have two sections. And the first section runs from from verse 1 all the way to verse 19. And these are just practical warnings. And, And that's really just a great thing about the book of Proverbs is it's so practical. It's so straightforward and so accessible. You know, it's like, these are things that if you want to know how to just live your life the right way, just do this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, and so that's the first half of this book. And then we're going to see a little bit more about the adulterous woman. Yeah. So let's jump in. I'm going to read the first half verses one through 19. Then we'll stop, have some Mm -hmm. comments and then I'll read the second half. Here we go. Proverbs chapter six, starting at verse one. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, have given your pledge for a stranger. If you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go, hasten, and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, O sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard, and when will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. A worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech. He winks his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, With a perverted heart devises evil, continually sowing discord. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, 
a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord amongst the brothers. Mm -hmm. So a couple things here. Why don't we dive into that first section there that, that talks about the love of comfort. Yeah. Well, you see that there's a, a warning here. If we look at the first four verses or first five, I should say, really against coming into debt based upon your laziness and your and your desire for comfort, right? Uh, if you put up security for your neighbor, give your pledge for a stranger, ensnare with your words, caught in your mouth, then do this to run, to hasten, to plead urgently, let nothing go down, you know, let no sleep, eyelids, no slumber, save yourself. And then he gives the example of the ant, which gives us the indication that this is, this is putting yourself in debt due to... Um, selfish means or, or not just unwise laziness. means, laziness, right? Yeah, you're not working when you could be, right. you're just living off credit cards. Exactly. So he's saying, look, just take the ant, right? How she prepares, how she works, and then how long will you lie there? How long will you sleep? Yeah. And then he talks about how uh, poverty will come upon you like a robber. Like, you think that you're okay. You think that everything's going to work out. You live day to day, or you live in the moment. And how many times have we heard that in our culture, like, live for today, live for the moment, yeah. you know? Yeah. Was it, you only live once, YOLO. Right, <laughs> all these right, kind YOLO. Of, all these kind of things that are thrown out there, and eh, everybody's having a great time. Everybody's, yeah. it is not going to end well. No. It will end in poverty. It will end in slavery. It always does. Mm -hmm. And this time, true slavery. Like, the reason why he's saying, hasten, go to your neighbor, fix it, fix it quickly, because this may lead to you being enslaved for a very long time. Yeah. Because when you're in debt that you can't repay, yeah, then you're that person's property at that point. And even in the Old Testament, I mean, we see if you go back and read the first five books of the Bible mm -hmm. in the law, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, um, those are two that say right. these sorts of things explicitly that back then mm -hmm. you literally w could be enslaved to the person that you yeah. owed money to. Right. I mean, that's the way if you couldn't pay off your financial debts. You paid it through work. You would literally like your whole family would go into slavery, mm -hmm. you know, like literally. So, right. um, you know, obviously we don't really see that in the same way today, but if you think about it, in let's similar just say, terms, yeah. oh, absolutely. Think about it. If you have $10,000 in debt, right? Mm -hmm. and to credit card. You have to work to pay that off. Right. So you're enslaved to the lender. And, and that is an actually mm -hmm. explicit principle later on in Proverbs. Right. right. Or you go something like bankrupt and now you, now you can't get anything. Now you right. can't buy a house. You know, there are consequences today in, in a in a similar fashion. Right. 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 And some people, due to their um, uh, fulfilling their own desires and wants, may end up on the streets. May end mm -hmm. up, out, you know, homeless. Yeah. May end up enslaved to the government because, let's just say, if you're on welfare, you it's a it's a pretty tough situation to come about. Yeah, I mean, I was there before. I took out mm -hmm. food stamps when I was homeless. And, and yeah. let me tell you, there's lines of people. Just they're stuck in that system. Mm -hmm. But even for, for those who maybe aren't at that in, in, uh, in that portion of the socioeconomic ladder, I should say. Right. You know, those who have like student loan debt, for instance, that's a very common thing. Oh, yeah. You can't declare bankruptcy on that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a ball and chain around your ankles. For life. You know, for, until you pay it off. Mm -hmm. um, and so debt is a very uh, serious issue. It's mm -hmm. a very real problem, and it's quite easy to get stuck in it. Right. <laughs> and and we're talking about things in terms of debt for uh, frivolous means and for for living outside your means mm -hmm. and not, you know, 
<clears throat> there are times when obviously you're working hard, you're doing your best, and maybe you get a loan, but you work hard and you you pay it off. There's some right. there's some wise dealings. Like if you buy a house, many people can't buy that cash, right? right? But that's considered good debt, meaning like something yeah. that you're building towards, paying off. It's a good investment. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between investments and investing in yourself versus um, just living off, right? Uh, living above means and using credit cards to finance a lifestyle and all this kind of stuff. Consumption-based debt is not good debt. <clears throat> exactly. Buying assets potentially with debt is another right. conversation. But yeah, you know, you're right. And a lot of that comes from the belief of what you need. I can't tell you how many times I've counseled people... <clears throat> And they're upside down on debt and they can't make ends meet and they're struggling and they need help. Mm-hmm. And so you start looking through their finances and their budgets. And when you start talking to them about, well, let's let's just talk about your needs. You know, they start talking about things like, well, we need TV. We need, um, we need this size house. We need, it's like, hold on a second. <laughs> we don't need those things. We right. want those things. Right. We've turned those wants into needs because we have an expectation of a lifestyle. But what you need is food in your belly. Mm-hmm. What you need is a roof over your head. Right. What you need is to pay the bills that you have, like water and electric. You don't need a PlayStation. You I don't, don't need, need a 55-inch dude? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you don't need a cell phone. Right. You don't need it. Right. Right? Right. Um, or at least, at least you don't, like, you can get a pay-as-you-go phone that'll, yeah. that'll work in a, in a pinch. Like, there's a yeah. lot of things you can do without. And the point, you know, I think is so practical here. If you look at, the, the mm-hmm. exa- again, the example of the ant, right? Like, if, if, if the smallest, one of the smallest life forms on Earth right. understands how to mm-hmm. work when you, when you can, right. save for when you need it, yeah. then how much more can a human being created mm-hmm. in the image of God Almighty right. do the same thing? Exactly. So moving on to verses 12 through 15 here, it seems almost like this is kind of out of place because it says Mm -hmm. a worthless person, a wicked man goes about with crooked speech and it goes on to describe this so-called worthless person, a wicked man. And, Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about it. You know, the principle that gets revealed later on in Proverbs is that the borrower is slave to the lender. Yeah. Maybe this has something to do with that. I might be reading into the text a little bit here, but it makes sense, right? There are crooked lenders Mm -hmm. out there. Oh, for sure. So I don't know if if that's stretching it a bit too much, but I can't see how else this would really fit. So educate me a little bit, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you there. I think think there is a point to why this is here. Um, The reason why it's like go haste and don't be enslaved, don't be you know, in debt to your neighbor yeah. is because sometimes it can be these worthless people, yeah. right? These people that are looking to take advantage of you. Right. Like sometimes... Predatory lending. Sometimes a, a really good deal is too good to be true for a reason because it is too good to be true. That there's a there's a backside deal. That's why he says, you know, this worthless person, what do they do? They had a little crooked speech, you know? Yeah. They flower it up. A little wink of the eye. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hey, it looks, it looks great. A little wink, little... Yep. Hey, they're pointing here, pointing there. This guy seems awesome. Yeah. But in their heart, it's evil, right? Yeah. Continually sowing discord. Therefore, calamity will come upon you suddenly. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We're like, hey, this guy was my friend. He's, he made me such a great deal. Yeah. And now you're broken beyond healing. You know, it happens just, so often, right? Yeah. I'm just reminded of, I got a piece of mail yesterday mm-hmm. that was like a restructuring my uh, mm-hmm. mortgage. Yeah. And 
the big number on there is what you'll pay every month. And then the small little text yeah, said, yeah. and this is a 30 year mortgage. Right. You know what I mean? Which right. is normal. Right. But it's like, they're trying to, to, to stretch it out. You know, if you're on a 15 year mm-hmm. and you see this small number coming in, right. all of a sudden you're like, Oh great. I can pay less money, but no, they, no, they're doubling yeah. the time you got to pay. Right. You know? What they don't tell you is you're going to pay more in the long run. Right. We're going to make, we're going to make more on you. Yeah. And so, and also just on the flip side here. So, you know, in case you you do find yourself actually enslaved to mm-hmm. one of these you know wicked people, right? Yeah. You know, some maybe you're a victim of a predatory lending s- scam or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where verses sixteen through nineteen come in. Just be encouraged. There are six things that the Lord hates, right? Mm-hmm. And He goes off to list them: haughty eyes, which basically is a Hebrewism for pride, yep. right? A prideful heart, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, which connects that to verse 14, mm-hmm. talking about the wicked man who, with a perverted heart that devises right. evil. And then it ends also, uh, and one who sows discord amongst the brothers. And that also connects it back to verse 14. Mm-hmm. So it's like, be encouraged. If, you, if you've gone to your neighbor, right, and you've, and you've done what verses four and five say, you know, give your eyes no sleep, your eyelids no slumber, go and plead urgently with your neighbor. And if you've yeah. done that thing, and that person turns out to be one of these wicked people, just be encouraged right. that the Lord has got your back. You right. Know? He, at the end, ultimately, right. it's all going to be sorted out. But the other side of that, to connect these as well, is the worthless person is two sides of the same coin. What another warning that we see here: if you don't listen to the words of you know four and five, save yourself. You know, let no sleep, because then he goes on to talk about the sluggard, that same desire for for um, selfish gain that same desire for a life of ease, idols of comfort, getting what you want. That's how you got there in the first place. The reason why you were susceptible to that wicked mm. person is because you cared only about yourself. That haughty eyes was also your haughty eyes. Mm. They're bo- it's in the, it's a, one's just taking advantage of the other. Mm-hmm. But you yourself, O oh sluggard, if you are this person who's seeking the comfort, seeking the lifestyle, wanting the thing, you're wanting to benefit from the same things. Yeah. You yourself are still about yourself. And so the key to this, the ant, right, mm-hmm. without having any chief or ruler is saying, like, there's no one making this ant do this, right? She's just being smart, wise. Well, the same way with the, those who walk with God. God, just knowing who God is, having trust in who he is, should you should yourself discipline yourself in the instruction of the Lord and get up and do the right thing without anyone making you, without consequences being held over your head, mm-hmm. You do what's right because you want to honor and worship the Lord. Yeah. So good. So let's move on now to the uh, adulterous woman here. So I'm going to read verses 20 through 35 of Proverbs 6, and then we'll have a little bit of commentary. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Verse 20. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life to preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes in to his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. People 
Do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he is hungry, but if he is caught, he will pay sevenfold. He will give all the goods of his house. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. For jealousy makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will refuse, though you multiply gifts. So pretty heavy, yeah. pretty heavy stuff. But again, we see some sort of familiar phrases, bind the teachings of your father's commandment and your mm-hmm. mother's teaching around your neck, right? Have them always with you, right? When you walk, right. they will lead you. Meaning we said before that walking in the Bible is generally speaking a, mm-hmm. a description, a scriptive euphemism for just living life. Right. They will lead you, right? When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk with you. I think that was interesting when I was reading that because it's mm-hmm. like your inner monologue. Mm-hmm. You know, when you renew the mind, when I renew our mind, my mind, right, dude, like literally there's points in times where like I'll think a thought and like a scripture will pop up in mm-hmm. and just combat that. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. So I never actually noticed that before in, in this proverb, but that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just love this portion here. Verse 23, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of Mm. discipline are the way of life. Right. And I love that the way of life, because when it gets into this next section about when you do go into adultery, what does that say? It's going to lead to death. There's no way to escape death or punishment or being found out. Yeah. But the way of the Lord is the way of life. It's freedom. It's light. It lights your path. And we see this all throughout scripture. So this is a common theme. So if you learn nothing else from a day, learn this. Meditate on the Word of God yeah. day and night. Yeah. We see this in Psalm 1. We see this in Deuteronomy 6. We see this here. We see it in Romans 12. Renew your mind. We see, like Renew your mind. Renew yeah. your mind. Remember my promises. Don't let yeah. Joshua 1. Remember, like, yeah. it is constantly, remember what I have told you. The Lord is constantly saying, remember my words. Remember my teachings. Remember my promises. Trust in my promises. Yeah. It'll be the bread of life. It'll be the water. You know, Jesus says, I'm the water. You'll never thirst again. Well, yeah. It'll be nourishment to your bones. We see this all throughout scripture. Yeah. And so right here, it's don't forget this. If you want to be able to have freedom, hope, the, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, it comes from knowing God and resting in his word. Yes. But what happens when we go down the path of sin, especially when it comes to adultery, which is prevalent in our culture today. Yeah. And I would throw pornography into this because if you're looking at pornography, you are committing adultery against your wife, even if it's right. not your neighbor's wife. Right. Right. Yeah. Jesus said, if you even look at a woman with lust in your, with lust right. in your eye, that you've committed adultery. adultery with her in your heart. Right. And what does it say? Can a man, I love this analogy, yeah. can a man carry fire next to his chest right. and his clothes not be burned? These are preposterous ideas, right? right. Of course not. Right? Or one can walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? Right. Of course not. Right. So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. Yeah. None who touches her will go unpunished. Yeah. And at the end, he sums it up. For jealousy makes a man furious. So he's speaking of if you get caught, which you will, it's yeah. already said you will get caught. You will. What's going to happen from that man who finds out you've slept with his wife? Well, there's going to be fury. Yeah. And he'll, he'll accept no compensation. Right. There'll be, there'll be no multiple gifts that's going to make this right. Right. 
what's going to happen is you're going to pay the price probably with your life in this scenario. That's what he's saying here. And, and yeah. yeah, that would be the logical end, especially if someone wasn't a believer, right? I mean, well, And you talked about the first five books. What was, what was the punishment amongst God's people? Mm-hmm. Stoning. Mm-hmm. Like you were going to lose your life <laughs> if you were caught in the act of adultery. They would the whole the whole, the whole camp town. would kill you. The <laughs> right. whole town would be out there right. throwing rocks. At Not you. just the man that you slept, his you know, wife you slept with. And obviously, there's the spiritual parallel too. I mean, throughout yeah. all of the Old Testament, what is Israel referred to at when she's being disobedient, an adulterous yeah. wife? Right. right. That's the whole book of of Hosea. Right, lusting after other gods. Yeah. So you know, these are practical. You know. Um, uh, earthly examples, yeah. right? But then you have the spiritual components yeah. behind them. And, and so, James four talks about this. If you if you are a friend of the world, you are you are you are enmity with God, meaning opposed to your yeah. direct opposition with God. And he yeah. says, "You adulterous people, yeah. do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God?" That's what it says in James chapter four. And so he says, "If you want to, you draw near to God, and He'll draw near to you. Repent, like don't run after the things of the world." Yeah. Right, which of course adultery is a thing of the world, but just other gods, other idols, other hopes, essentially making yourself God. Mm-hmm. That is a, being directly opposed to God. And I'm really, especially speaking to those who claim to be Christians, you should really check your heart on this. Because if you're running after the lust of the world, if you're putting your hope in your possessions, in approval, in comforts, in your pride, in power, in control, in, the, in all these things, you should really take inventory because you may say, hey, I'm, I'm walking with God. I know God. But what the Bible says is God is opposed to that. Yeah, It's impossible to do those things. And so just to sort of wrap it up, you know, I love how there's always the emphasis on the mind, right? Don't forget my teaching, right? Right. And it all starts there. You know, um, we've seen a pretty heavy example here in Proverbs mm-hmm. chapter 6 of the adulterous ro- woman and how chasing after what she person- was personified to represent yeah. evil, right? Like Chad's just got done saying, well, end in destruction. You will ultimately mm-hmm. pay the, the ultimate price, which is eternal death. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be that way. And we would just encourage you, if you're a Christian out there, just continually check your heart before God right. every day. And you know? repent. Repentance is a fruit of the Spirit. And we it's an to... ongoing thing. Yeah, for sure. Know? And so we've never arrived, you know, Chad and I and, and mm-hmm. all Christians around the world, you know, we've never arrived. We do this on a daily basis. I repent every single day. Right. And the fact that I can't keep my mind stuck on the word of God is evidence of my brokenness and how yeah. desperately I need Christ every day. Right. And and if, you're not a, grace. if you're not a Christian and you happen to be hearing this, we would just encourage you, get into the word of God, get into the Bible. You don't have to know everything. Mm-hmm. Believe me, you're not ever going to know everything. Right. And if you're going to start anywhere, start with the book of John. Learn about who Christ is. Mm-hmm. And it will reveal to you how much you, we really need him. Yes. So we want to wrap this up, and we thank you for listening to another weekly snippet of encouragement. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.